Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, hour number three, emanating live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them at East Independence Boulevard or online at planetkianc.com. The number is 704-570-9610 if you want to hit us up. we got an open segment here. Brendan Marks of The Athletic, he also cover, or he covers Duke and Carolina basketball, also the ACC at large. Uh, Brendan Marks is back in about 19 minutes. We'll talk about Duke's win over Wake last night. We'll also get his thoughts on uh, Wake's uh, plot plight toward uh, making the NCAA tournament. We'll also talk about uh, Carolina and Syracuse tonight. All that coming up with Brendan Marks in about 18 minutes. Now, I did, I, I got, I had some things I want to play for you and talk about here in this segment. But uh, we've sent out the bat signal, and apparently the bat signal has been received. Uh, there is a story out, and I was just turned on to this this morning by Mac and Bone, and I think the story came out about three, four days ago that a couple of Colorado cornholers, cornhole, I should say high school cornhole All-Americans from the Denver area have signed, they're five stars, by the way, There's, they've signed scholarships to compete in collegiate cornhole at Winthrop University down in Rock Hill. And the article that I was looking at you know, at the top, the banner photo was the these two uh, cornhole players, Gavin Heyman, I believe is his name, and Jackson Remick. And in between them is Winthrop cornhole coach Dusty Thompson. And it's just been brought to my attention that Winthrop cornhole coach, their fearless leader, Dusty Thompson, is on the phone lines. I'm excited. Dusty Thompson, is this really you? Thank you for calling. Yes, sir. So, first of all, again, thank you for calling. Um, I have so many questions, including can I be the voice of, of you know Winthrop University Cornhole? But we'll get there. We'll get there. How does Collegiate Cornhole come to pass? Like, how long has this been a program? Talk to me about program building as the head coach of a cornhole program. So the National College Championship uh, is every year, end of December, 1st of January, down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> oh, and- you got me. I'm in. <laughs> and uh, every year they're, uh, they they host this, and nobody's put a team together. Where now they are trying to build a future for high school and college kids to give the kids an extra way to you know get to school. There's going to be some kids that can't get to school, so people are going to think some people are going to think this is funny. You know, this is crazy. What's what's next, beer pong? But this is just an extra way for kids to be able to get to go to college. Yeah. And I couldn't think of a better opportunity to to lead a, a something brand new for the uh, future. I mean, we made history. I flew out to Colorado for this. That's amazing. So that's that's amazing. And again, I, you're right. I mean, people will get their jokes off, and I've got them on the text line. Like, what's next? Beer pong. You've heard them, I'm sure. Yeah. But this yep, is an, this is an avenue for for young people to get to right. college. Like, when did you become a cornhole coach, though? When did you know you had that in you? They actually approached me. So I was a pro for four years. I've been on ESPN multiple times. Um, they actually approached me and asked me to take the job back in August. Really? And, uh, of course. Yeah, of course I couldn't take, turn it down. I mean, there's uh, the growth of the sport is uh, everything's in Rock Hill. The World Championship, the Winthrop's in Rock Hill, the World Headquarters for ATL is in Rock Hill. So I couldn't turn it down. I mean, the uh, the sports 
growing so much, and uh, it's, it's more of a uh, family, more of a family atmosphere than any other sport that I've ever played. Wow, that's pretty cool. Like, how how big is your roster? How how deep is your roster? How many scholarships can you hand out? Like, I'm I'm fascinated. Tell me all of it. So right now, the, those two are my first two kids because they're the biggest high school players in the country. And uh, since the news got released and we made history, I've had multiple multiple kids contacting me now. So we are still building our roster. I don't know how big the roster will be this year, considering it's our building year. Uh, but most most of these teams that come to Myrtle Beach are they're they're colleges that are they're playing for themselves and they're just there representing their college. This will actually be a team there, whether there'll be an actually team representing the college instead of just playing for themselves. They can actually win money towards their scholarships. I mean, towards their uh, their tuition. So you, you you went out to Denver to find these two guys, right? In my head. Well, oh, no, yes, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Tell me. Where, where am I wrong? So I've been recruiting them. And I've been talking to them since probably back in September. Got them to come tour the college in. Uh, let's see. That was uh, January. They come out and we played what's called a regional. We have it once a month. And they come out and they toured the college. And they, they, they were here for the whole weekend. And they played the regional. Well, during that regional, the world champion was there from last year. Uh, him and his partner, both great people. And uh, we had 10-plus pros in the regional because we have such a large such a large uh, area for Cornhole because it's been around the Carolinas for so long. Well, the guys come out and they, they played. They really played. And they, they, won, they ended up winning the whole tournament short story. So, uh, like, Howard, if I'm if I'm scouting a football player, I'm looking at his forty yeah. time. I'm watching his film. You know, does he ta- does he tackle with good form? I'm looking at a quarterback. Like, how are you evaluating cornhole athletes? So the way this is going now, uh, the ACL is working their best to get cornhole into the Olympics. So everything is tracked. You got every bag that goes in the hole, every bag that's on the board, and every bag that's on the floor is calculated. So it's called a uh, points per round, which is called a PPR a DPR, which is a uh, differential to keep up with your points per round. So there, there's a lot that goes into it, but uh, there's there's so many highlights for these kids out there. They won the high school championship the, the two years that they actually showed up for Myrtle Beach. They won the high school championship. So they are definitely the top two recruits. They did not make it out this year because it's so expensive, and the money that they won actually went back to the high school. So they're going to other things that they can contend and actually make money. They're going to spend their money there this year. Okay. All right. A couple quick things, Dusty. Thank you for calling it. I'm, I'll let you go after a couple quick things here, but I'm, I'm again, fascinated. I love yes, cornhole. I, I grew up on horseshoes. All right. But yes, I, you know, I very easily transitioned to cornhole. So yes, I consider myself to be a decent cornhole player. I got pretty good hand-eye coordination. I, again, I think I'm pretty good, but I've also run up against some ringers like you at the bar. And I, and I know, I, I know I'm not on your level. If, if you were to mold me, let's say, how good do you think you could make me like an average off the street, pretty good, pretty decent cornholer? I'd probably put you, uh, there's an intermediate division, a competitive and advanced, and a pro division, which is called the open division. Okay. Uh, if you're just starting out, I'd say within the first year, especially with the kids that I got coming in, you could probably be in the low advanced division within the first year, maybe, maybe, maybe upper competitive division. Yeah. It all depends. I mean, I know some people think that there's no talent in it, but clearly there's talent in it because you see the same people on TV over and over and over and every national there's 256 pros at every national. They've got to earn their way on TV. They don't just make it on TV. So there, there's, there's clearly talent. Even if some people make a joke about it, we get it, but it's a growing sport. It's, 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 it's taking over, uh, 
The ratings that we're getting on TV is um, pretty crazy, to be honest. But uh, most people wouldn't understand that. But if you ever turn it on, you can't turn you can't turn it off. That's what we hear all the time. We turn it on. We don't know anybody on TV, but we can't turn it off. Ooh, speaking of that, like I, you know, you're and I want to be clear about this. You're right because it's a game that we all play in the backyard at, at, at cookouts. Yes, you know, while we're drinking, having a good time. So I, I, we all understand that the, the first reaction for many is, oh, my God, professional cornhole, this is crazy. Uh, but you're right, it's on TV. You played professionally for four years. Who is, you know, here we are this week talking about whether or not Patrick Mahomes is catching Tom Brady. Who is the GOAT of cornhole? At the moment, I would have to say our, uh, a local guy out of North Carolina. It would have to be Jamie Graham. He won the world championship. He's a, I think he's a three-time, if not at least a two-time world champion. Really? Don't quote me on those stats. I'm not. I'm not real sure on that, but uh, I know he's more than. I know he's won it more than once. So, yeah, he's uh, he dominated last year at the World Championship, and uh, the uh, Super Hole is also in Rock Hill, South Carolina, during the World Championship. Last year we had Ocho Day here. I think it was a uh, a full day of live recording from here in Rock. I mean, from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Wow! Uh, everything you see on ESPN was recorded right. I mean, it was live right here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. That's incredible. All right, so similar question. Similar question. So if that's if Jamie Graham, who Jamie Graham is from Hamlet, North Carolina, yeah. and he yeah. and he lists his favorite things as drinking beer, eating chicken wings, and playing cornhole. <laughs> that's what he lists. I didn't I didn't make that up, right? That's what he. No, no, you're right. <laughs> that's what he lists his bio. All right. So we we know who the goat is now, but like we're talking collegiate cornhole. Who's the Alabama football of collegiate? Who are the great po- collegiate programs in cornhole? So right now, Winthrop's the only one offering a scholarship. Like I say, the rest of these colleges show up, and they just piece teams together. We're going to be the first. We're going to be the first uh, collegiate team to where we're bringing a team to this. Okay. So I would have to say us. Uh, so next year, we should we should dominate the uh, dominate the college scene. So turn in. Uh, I would say around New Year's, and you'll find us on ESPN dominating the uh, the, the college scene. That's amazing. All right, we yes, we, we, we got to stay in touch because uh, you got a guy, Winthrop Bob, who I think does your baseball. He's invited me down to do some Winthrop baseball with him. Yes, uh, sir. If I'm coming down for Winthrop baseball, hell, I may as well come down for Winthrop Cornhole, too. I'm down with it. Let's get together. All right. Thank you, Dusty. I appreciate you, buddy. Yes, sir. Have a good day. You too. Dusty Thompson. How about that? The Bear Bryant of Cornhole Coaches, it sounds like right there. We asked. He called in. That's wow. the power of the show in the station. Uh, I mean... The fact that it could be a part of the Olympics, that this is just, like this is legitimately just starting up. This is, and to his point, I've watched some of those cornhole tournaments on ESPN. Like, it's one of those things like, yeah, right, I'm not going to get into this. And I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, the text line right now, Glenn says, KB, this is fascinating. Please stay on top of this. Uh, Big Cat Dan, I'm amazed. This is so interesting. 704 number, weekly segment. TC, fascinating interview. 704 number, this guy's freaking awesome. Joey from Huntersville, this turned out to be really interesting, KB. Everybody loves it, except Thomas from Gastonia. Of all places. Thomas from Gastonia is like, not to be a contrarian, but I can turn it off, just like I'm about to turn this off. All right, Thomas, bye. Like Everybody else loved it. And Thomas is like, I don't find this interesting at all. I can turn it off. Watch this. TC says, I smell a dynasty, KB. All right. Like, I'm into it, man. It was a good conversation with Dusty Johnson. That was a lot of fun. 704-570-9610. Hit us up with your thoughts. This could be, as T-Bone mentioned earlier, this could be the way for Mark from Gastonia to get into uh, college. He's actually apparently actually a good amateur or semi-pro cornhole player. Who? 
Mark from Gastonia. Oh, I heard about that this morning. He's and, apparently a smoky eunuch type guy when it comes to cheating. And he, right. He got in trouble for washing his bags, <laughs> which is usually something you want dudes like Mark to do. 704-570-9610. Uh, 803 number says Rock Hill Sports and Entertainment Complex is the home of Cornhole. Uh, Mike Piazza's seventh cousin says, who needs Ed McCaffrey? We have Dusty Thompson, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> By the way, how you feeling now, Ed, huh? Oh, it's fantastic. That's fantastic. 828 number says, I missed it. Do y'all play? Well, yeah, I play like everybody else. Occasionally, I got cornhole boards at the house. I might use them a couple of times a year. I grew up on horseshoes. I mean, I, I love cornhole, but like, I if I had to choose, I'm going cornhole. Uh, by I mean, the time, uh, horseshoes, sorry. By the time I was growing up, cornhole started to become a thing that you see at tailgates. I, actually, I have the distinct pleasure of playing a cornhole game at my high school and somehow getting the cornhole uh, horseshoe stuck up in the trees. That was so good. That was not the segment I thought we'd have right there. I wanted to talk about John Chaney threatening to kill John Calipari and some, some Panthers free agency but you. i don't think we could have had a better segment if we tried i mean thomas from gastonia disagrees but everybody else loved it that was fun all right we'll come back let's keep it going we'll talk some college hoops with brendan mark of the athletic next sports radio 92.7 wfnz join wesson walker on wednesday did carolina go up north and crush the orange on sports radio 92.7 wfnz Texter's blowing us up. I have never seen the text line this simultaneously this fired up and all going at one person. Thomas and Gastonia, buddy, they are coming at you on the text line. Everybody on the text line loved Dusty Thompson, the Winthrop Cornhole coach, except for Thomas from Gastonia. And Thomas is, that guy's bearing the brunt of the, the heat of the text line right now. It ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. Uh, 704 number. Somebody texting in from Statesville. Ronnie and Mooresville, as a matter of fact. He says, awesome segment, KB. If you can get a scholarship for mountain biking, why not cornhole? Backyard drinking game, furthering someone's education. Heck yeah. Uh, lots of texts coming in. Listen, um, if Dusty, I, all I want to do is I want to go to Myrtle Beach, my favorite place on the planet, and I want to be the voice of, of Winthrop Cornhole while I'm there. And maybe, you know, toss some bags with Dusty and, and, and the crew at some point. That was awesome, though. That was such a fun conversation. We appreciate him stopping by. Um, our good buddy, Brendan Marks, he's going to have a tough time following that one up. I mean, it, it's hard to compare Duke and Carolina to the Cornhole Championships, but we'll try. We'll try. Uh, Brendan Marks of The Athletic covers Duke, Carolina, and really the ACC at large. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Brendan Marks, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, but the next time you ask me on, tell me I'm following the legend so I can politely decline. <laughs> I can't keep up with that. <laughs> it was impromptu. So the 450 segment, we're talking about the story that two five-star cornholers, and yes, that's a real thing, from Denver, Colorado, got scholarships to come across the country to play in Rock Hill at Winthrop University. We start talking about the program and the coach, and lo and behold, the coach calls in. I promise it wasn't planned. Listen, uh, the, the only part of that story that I actually believe is that two five-star cornholers are coming out of Denver, Colorado. That absolutely <laughs> tracks. I believe that 100%. <laughs> All right, speaking of five stars, let's talk about Duke. They get a lot of them. Uh, they, they beat Wake last night. I didn't know the streak was this long, but Duke has now beaten Wake at home 25 straight times. Um, and look, it, it, it's not unexpected, the result that is. But man, if you're Wake, it's disappointing. There's a lot to say about this, but let's start with Duke. Um, great defense from them last night. The stars stepped up the emergence of Jared McCain. Like what, what do you find most important about all that? 
Yeah, you know, I think Jared McCain, for starters, just quick off the top, like is one of the better rebounding guards I've seen in quite a while. Um, you know, I saw a stat today. I think he's the first high major freshman under six foot five since like 2008 to average, you know, five or more rebounds in five straight games. Like what he's doing in terms of rebounding, like that was a big weakness for Duke earlier this year. Um, it's still not something they're great at. So him emerging there is huge. But to me, like the biggest thing I take away is like Kyle Filipowski finally looked like Kyle Filipowski again. Um, it's kind of been a rough stretch for him lately. You know, he's this is the most points he had scored in a Duke win in a month. It was his first double-double in seven games. Um, had just really not even looked like the body language is bad. Didn't look like he was having a good time the last couple of weeks. So for him to come out in a game of that magnitude and to play, you know, really as well as he had in quite a while, that to me is a, is a good sign if you're a Duke fan. Uh, bodes well going into this last month of conference play. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Um, John Shire really trying to talk up that win last night when it came to Wake. What was that about? Was that just paying respect to a program that he respects, or was that salesmanship? What What was that? Yeah, it sounds like he took a page out of Coach K's playbook, didn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, you respect your opponent. That's a tournament team. Look what we did to a tournament team. Um, yeah, I will say, I do, I do think Wake is a tournament team. Uh, I know their resume isn't maybe all the way there yet, but I think they're going to get there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's also a thing where, you know, in the ACC, unfortunately, there are only so many games that you can really kind of get up for on the schedule. Um, and Wake Forest is one of the five or six that I would put in that category. So for Duke to have done that, um, you know, they had just beaten Notre Dame and Boston college again, nothing super crazy to write home about. Um, so to be able to win like that, again, Wake is one of the better offensive teams in the country. Duke's defense has been a, a point of consternation all year. People have wondered if they're soft. That, I thought, was the more interesting thing that Shire said yesterday. He said, if anybody's questioning our toughness, this right here is our evidence that you're wrong. Um, that, to me, I think is something that he's probably been challenging his team internally, uh, and especially last night. Even if it is just for one night, it, it showed up. They were the tougher team. Yeah, and I thought it was important. You're right. The thing about toughness, uh, it felt like they just really weren't able to replace Lively uh, throughout a lot of this season defensively there in the middle, but you know, they've been able to figure some things out, and, and that was a good win last night. It really was. Now, uh, go a little bit further on Wake, if you would, because uh, you're right. Right now, Wake is 39th in the net ratings. I think they're a good team. And, you know, you sit 39th in the net ratings as of today. You look to be a tournament team. Uh, as we both know, though, Steve Forbes really needs to make the tournament this year. Like, What's that looking like for you? What do you think about this team? Because they've really come up short pretty consistently in quad one opportunities. Yeah, they have. And, and the two, you know, Monday night games at North Carolina uh, a couple of weeks ago on a big Monday. Obviously, last night, big Monday, another one. Like, that that game was there for the taking last night. Wake had a number of open three-pointers. This is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. I think they came in 17th nationally in three-point percentage and just completely, I mean, couldn't couldn't hit water from above. So, I will say this. You have to kind of judge Wake's schedule since they have gotten Eston Reed back because I think the team they were when they lost three of their first five games, I don't think that's representative of who they are. They go on that long winning stretch, and there are some really quality wins. There. I mean, they beat Florida. Uh, they beat Virginia. That one is going to continue to look better and better. Um, and, again, you know, this Saturday, you go to JPJ. You go to John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, and you try and beat Virginia again. Like, to me right now, there are four ACC teams in the NCAA tournament. No question. I think it's Duke, it's Carolina, it's Clemson, and then it's Virginia, who's now, you know, challenging for the ACC league. Wake wins on Saturday. I think Wake has put themselves firmly enough into that conversation. But you're right. Like, you say they have more opportunities, and they do. They've got Virginia. They've got Duke. They've got Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. You've got to start winning some of these in order to actually get that elusive quad one win. 
Uh, again, no at-large no at team has made the field without a quad one win since the net system was introduced. So Wake's got to get one. They have chances. I think they will. Um, they Unfortunately, though, they don't have one right now. Brendan Marks, The Athletic, covers Duke, Carolina, the ACC. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, NC State, before we get to Carolina Q's tonight, let's talk about NC State. Uh, they've lost two straight. That pit loss does not look nearly as bad as it might have a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I actually think they're pretty good. Um, and then they, they lost a wake. We just talked about them. They've got a chance to bounce back. They've had some days off here. They don't play for another four days, I think. Um, Clemson on the road in Little John coming up on Saturday. How big is that one? How much does NC State need that one? I mean, if you lose that game, I I, I already see a really, really tough uphill battle for NC State making the NCAA tournament. They're outside of a win against Virginia back when Virginia was reeling. This is a team that's lost 5-7, of seven, uh, has terrible metrics. They're sub-100 offense nationally. Like, I, I really struggle to see it. So, like, you know, the, the Clemson win on Saturday, to me, that's like a, that's a first step. That's not even like, okay, we're back on the bubble. That is a step to even being on the bubble. Um, and, again, it's a similar situation to Wake. You do have opportunities. You have Clemson. You still have another game with Carolina. You still have another game with Duke. You still have another game with Florida State. There are opportunities there. But the resume that Wake that, that NC State has, just really the non-conference schedule is nothing. That's 325th nationally in non-conference schedule. Um, every opportunity they had, BYU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, you know, farted all of those away. So I, I the Clemson is like a non-negotiable. You lose that one, you'll have lost six of your last eight. Uh, that basically is a wrap on the season to me. I hear you. All right, Carolina Syracuse tonight. Uh, started to call it the Carrier Dome. It's what are, they, what are they calling it now? The JP something dome. JMA Wireless Dome. Another building that is named after a wireless carrier that doesn't provide. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm still calling it the carrier dome and nobody can stop me um you know the, the carolina's last 10 days have been interesting right uh they got a clemson speaking of clemson they got a clemson loss sandwiched between wins over duke and miami um i what's what do we take from the last 10 days of carolina basketball what have they told us about themselves that they can hang with anybody in the country. You know, that Duke win shows me that. Like, this team at its best, and we saw it against Tennessee, we saw it against Oklahoma, you know, we've seen it. At its best, this team can hang with anybody in the country. It is a legitimate contender. However, this team is not inherently talented enough that it can afford off nights or nights where it's not, you know, giving its full attention to, you know, the mission. The beginning of that Clemson game, 15-2, to two, that's exactly what that is. It's a hangover, and it's not giving it your full dedication. Um, you know, quite frankly... I can't believe I'm saying this because you've got a guy in R.J. Davis who is probably going to be the ACC player of the year. You've got another number of guys, Armando Baycott, Harrison Ingram, who have been studs. I'm more concerned with UNC's offense right now than I am with UNC's defense. Um, you know, this is still a top-10 defense nationally, but there are nights when UNC doesn't have the shots falling, and it looks a lot harder than it should. So um, Syracuse, I think, can be a get-right game in that opportunity. But Carolina's range of outcomes, I would say, is probably a little bit wider than if you had asked me a month ago. Are, are we expecting Seth Trimble to play tonight, by the way? Sounds iffy, but UNC needs him back fast. I mean, I think if, if Seth Trimble's importance has not been underscored the last two games, I, I don't know what will do it. I mean, he is arguably UNC's best perimeter defender, uh, most athletic guy on the team. Again, he's someone who, like, teams you don't necessarily think is an elite shooter, but you have to respect the shot at least, and then he'll blow by you if you don't have a good closeout. So um, if he's not playing, again, that, that makes life a little bit harder uh unc has needed him the last two games and if it doesn't get him back soon like that's that's something to monitor if you're a unc fan for sure brendan last thing i'll let you go and, and i admittedly 
because we're friends and I know you. I'm going to ask you to be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist with me for a second. You ready for this? Um, uh, <laughs> we were laughing really kind of angrily about what Joe Lenardi wrote in his latest iteration of Bracketology, where he, he went to the straight top line, the, the recent history of the top line of the NCAA tournament. And he writes that North Carolina's pursuit of a number one seed has more implications than usual. Says for the first two decades of this century, the ACC averaged at least one top seed per year. Uh, it peaked in 2019, landing three of the four number one seeds. And since then, there's not been a single top line selection from the ACC. And it feels like he's using that to suggest what we've all heard time and again the last couple of years, that, well, the ACC's down. It's just not that good anymore. Man, this, I'm, I'm not telling you that I think the overall quality of ACC basketball is the exact same as it was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. But doesn't it feel at times, Brendan, like there's something of a coordinated attack against the ACC? I don't know, you know, who Jim Phillips, like, forgot to send Christmas cards to or if Roy Williams and Coach K made a snide remark to somebody along the way. I, the hate is uh, insane. Yes. Um, the, one thing, the one thing that I would say about Joe Lenardi, and I know that he is ESPN's face of bracketology, and, and that is not an easy field. Um, you know, predictions are just excuses to be wrong in advance. I will say there are some online ranking systems uh, where you can see who the most bracketologists, most accurate ones are year after year. And somebody who has a loud platform but isn't ranking particularly high in those metrics, um, I'm not going to take what they say with, with the utmost sincerity. So, like, two years ago, you had two teams in the Final Four. You had another Final Four team last year. Any statistic you want to pick in terms of actual NCAA tournament success, you know, the only reason that we play college basketball is to right. get to that field. Um I'm going to stick with the teams that do well there. And if you want to get nine bids in and not have any of them get to the second weekend, you go ahead. I'm going to stick with the winners. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the ACC. It, it's infuriating. And again, like I, I, I hear some of these college basketball writers, the longtime guys are like, well, it's just about the numbers. It's just about the metrics. You know, it's the net ratings. They just plug everything in. And this is what the numbers tell us. And I'm just, I, I don't get it. Like that we celebrate the SEC in football. Um, and I'm using celebrate in heavy air quotes, you know, for being a meat grinder and beating up on each other every single week. Wes Durham made the same point on our station this morning, right? You know, they you, you give the SEC's football teams credit for that. The ACC used to get credit for that, but now all of a sudden they don't. It's crazy. You, you ask any ACC team that has made any semblance of a run in the tournament in the last five years, and what they will tell you is the diversity of styles of play that you have to play in the ACC. Um, you know, obviously you play small ball at Miami, for example. Um, you know, North Carolina right now, they're, they're doing things differently. You always had to deal with the Carolina system. You always had to deal with the secondary break. You had to deal with the zone at Syracuse. You had to deal with uh, NC State pressing the crap out of you. There was always some new system. And once you get to tournament time and you have less time to prepare, guess what? Those experiences pay huge, huge dividends. Um, now, I, am I going to say that, you know, I'm excited to go and watch Tuesday of the ACC tournament in Washington, D.C.? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, but I will, <laughs> but I, will, I will say that the ACC, by and large, prepares teams for postseason success as well as any other league nationally. And you don't have to give it credit because it's just going to keep doing it year after year. You can keep adding teams. You can keep adding teams. You can keep making the arguments you want about other leagues. The ACC prepares teams for postseason success. I have a sneaky feeling we're going to see it again this year. Brendan Marks, thank you so much. As always, we've kept you long enough. Enjoy tonight. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you guys. i got to go practice my cornhole before the game. Exactly. If you want a scholarship, you should. There you go. Brendan Marks hanging out with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. 704-570-9610. Speaking of that, my guy CCK, 
Couch Coach Kyle says, did you say your, did you just say your favorite place on earth is Myrtle Beach? Sir, this is well established. It's well established. All right. Um, I've spent all of my years in Virginia and the Carolinas. I've lived in both Carolinas and Virginia in my lifetime. I, I grew up as a child in, in the mountains of southwestern Virginia, but I became a man in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. For so many, multiple times over, by the way. Myrtle Beach. Yeah, yeah. I said my favorite place on earth. It's some of my, the best memories I've ever made with my buddies. Not all of them, but most of them at Myrtle Beach. So yeah, Smoke knows. That's why he laughed so hard when I heard Dusty Thompson say that Myrtle Beach was the home of the Cornhole Championships. That's how I know that this is in my DNA. I don't care what it, I will not accept Myrtle Beach slander. I just won't. So uh, would you be willing to... Us, you know, let us know what some of those memories were that happened in Myrtle Beach. Well, I mean, the ones that I can remember, maybe some of them. Um, sure. And some I can't talk about on air. I, I'll tell you off the air, some of them. In the court of, uh, you can't say on the air about a court of law or something like that? Well, yeah, but I mean, once you go to senior beach week with a dozen of your boys. Oh, boy. And then for the next couple of years, you're in your late teens, early 20s, and nobody's committed. Nobody's got anything better to do, so you just keep going. <laughs> Not for let me, let me clear, let me clear that up. Not for senior week, I mean. I wasn't going for senior week when I was 21. I just meant, you know, me and the, the same 10 to 12 of my boys, we'd just go back and get a house. I was going to say you are a McConaughey no, fan. No, so no, that, you no, know. no, I wouldn't have none of that. Yeah. You know what the best <laughs> thing is about? <laughs> Somebody called me white trash on the text line. Wow, man, really? Well, okay, we, first of all, we shouldn't paint in broad brushes, especially not about Myrtle Beach. It's disrespectful. Everything from Calabash to the Bowery to Freaky Tiki. Broadway at the beach. I mean, come on, man. Barefoot landing. I, I, I am unashamed to, to endorse Myrtle Beach. I am unashamed to profess my love for Myrtle Beach. My formative years, man. My formative years. Jack just said, he just hit me with G's, Matt McConaughey. It sounded worse than it was. That was not the point. All right. Well, it explains why you're such a Matthew McConaughey. No. Stop it. Stop it. 704-570-9610. All right. Let's go to smoke on the headlines. All right. Uh, so we're going to you know give an update on this just in case people are just tuning in to the show. But, uh, but according to Adrian Wojnarowski and multiple NBA insiders, the charges that happened with Miles Bridges back in October in Charlotte have been dropped due to insufficient evidence, Kyle. Yeah, we uh, we've had a few people text the show during the Brendan Marks conversation. Hey, guys, just now we've seen it. Um, and that's that's the gist of it. The charges from October which I'm not even sure happened allegedly in October. It was the alleged incident where at this apparent custody exchange, there was a an altercation, a pool ball thrown allegedly that shattered somebody's windshield, um, a confrontation between Miles Bridges' then-girlfriend and, and the mother of his child, Michelle Johnson. None of it really added up at the time. So I am not shocked that all these charges got dropped. And I don't say that as someone who has inside information. I'm saying that none of it really made sense in the first place. So if you couldn't make like simple questions, like how do you not track down a famous athlete for 10 months if he's got a warrant out for his arrest? Okay, he supposedly threw a pool ball through somebody's window, but it had to have been at his house. Nobody carries pool balls around. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of things that didn't really add up. So it is what it is. What you got? All right, and keeping things on the Hornets, uh, tomorrow night is not just any game. And Richie Randall pointed this out, uh, by the way. With a win... Tomorrow night, the Hornets not only extend their win streak to three games, 
but secure at least a season series tie with the Hawks, which means the pig will stay in Charlotte, baby. Let's go. Keep the pig in here. Keep the pig. The barbecue series, which is not really a barbecue series. It's not series, really a barbecue series, yeah. But we want the pig here because we're real barbecue, not Atlanta. Keep the pig. Keep the pig. Keep the pig. You better keep it, Hornets. You better keep it. Is that it? Actually, uh, oh. one more. Okay. The Pac-12 is starting the process of separating from Commissioner George Kleoklov. What are you do? What? What? Say it again. I missed it. Because Wolfpack Bill is saying, I love the show, KB, but you should go visit another beach. I do visit other beaches. I have great memories at Myrtle Beach. Good Lord. Uh, apparently, the Pac-12 is starting the process of separating themselves from Commissioner George Klikov. Well, yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> this is in the no-duh category of news today. <laughs> is that it? That's it. All right, we'll come back and wrap up the show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Richards of the Charlotte Hornets. You're listening to Kyle Billy on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. One, two, one, two, three. Yeah, it's your national underground thunderbounds when I stop the ground. Like a million elephants, a silverback, a rangatang. You can't stop a train. Who wants up? Hey, one final time here on a Tuesday. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, KB and Smoke with you. Uh, we, we always take the opportunity to celebrate Myrtle Beach, and uh, we don't care if you like it. Rachel hit us up, and she said, I love Myrtle Beach. I don't care. Stand strong, KB. Hey, look, Rachel gets it. She does. And if you don't understand where we how we got here, you're just going to have to go back and listen to the podcast. Of the five. I'm telling you, if ever there was a podcast of an hour of this show that you should go listen to, today's 5 o'clock hour would be it. Like, we had an impromptu interview with Dusty Thompson the now legendary head cornhole coach at Winthrop University. Uh, he, he has recruited two five-star All-American cornholers from across the country in Denver to come play at Winthrop. I may or may not be about to be the voice of Winthrop cornhole. It's a thing that might happen. I don't know. Uh, certainly an aspiration of mine professionally has been for some time. So that could be the case. Uh, then we found out the Cornhole World Championships are played in Myrtle Beach. Which was, the, I mean, it was the selling point that I didn't need, but it locked it in. Because I have an undying love for Myrtle Beach. And some of you are still trying to shame me for this. Just know that it won't work. That I don't care. As I said before, I grew up in the hills of southwestern Virginia as a kid. I've lived in Virginia and both Carolinas in my life. I, you know, I was a kid in the hills of Virginia, but I became a man in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So I'll defend it until the end of, until the end of time. I just always will. So that was fun. Uh, Texter's also hitting us up. Uh, hey, KB, Miles Bridges news. Have you seen it? Yeah, we have. Um, Miles Bridges charges were dropped by the state of North Carolina for the alleged incident in October. I'm not at all surprised. I don't think this necessarily changes anything inside the building about their thinking with respect to him. Um, I was told back then that they had some serious doubts about the allegations. So, you know, and, and that I didn't need them to do the thinking for me because when you broke down the scenario, it, a lot of it didn't add up. So I don't know what happened that night. All I know is they dropped the charges. I'm not surprised by that. And somebody earlier said, KB, what do you think this means for Miles Bridges and the Hornets? I think he's signing a deal no matter what. Now, you can't rule out a sign and trade in the summer. I, I don't think you you can rule that out entirely. But the fact that he's still here and he made it through the deadline indicates to me that he's probably a part of this team moving forward smoke you agree with that yeah 
that and the fact that he he said he wanted to be here, he vehemently he's like, I want to be here, and declined his no trade clause. And I bet if they continue to do well down the stretch this year, that might be even more incentive to say, hey, if we could just stay healthy, get the right people in here, you know, they could possibly be a playoff team. So I, I think he. The last few weeks, he's really shown a lot of gratitude for Charlotte sticking their neck out there when, you know, a lot of people could have easily. And I, I mean, we're guilty of this. A lot of people didn't want him back here. They took a chance on him. And if it works out, I mean, it works out. But I think he's shown a lot of gratitude to that. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, before we get to the rewind, Panther, the whole topic of conversation on our text line right now is about Myrtle Beach and Cornhole. That's it. That That is what our, our text line is about. The FanDuel text line right now. And I'm not mad at it. Uh, Panther Bo said, KB, a live show in Myrtle Beach would be legendary. Please. I don't ask this show for much, man. I, I got to be like Marty Smith and Ryan McGee kind of stole my, my Myrtle Beach bowl opportunity. They didn't steal it. I'm just kidding. But like that, like I had that idea and then those guys jumped on it. Understandably so. What I would like to make happen is, are they still running those Myrtle Beach, like the, the hospitality, the regional board of visitors, Come to Myrtle Beach. Look at all of our golf courses. Look at all of our boogie boards. I don't know, are they still have, running those those ads? I believe they are. It hasn't happened recently, but then again, this is winter time, so you know. But uh, I'm going to put our sales team on that. If anybody should be endorsing Myrtle Beach on the air, it should be this show. You want to go to the Myrtle Beach Bowl, don't you? No, no, no. I, here's the thing: if, if I can secure us a Myrtle Beach sponsorship on the show, like the hey, come to Myrtle Beach, visit the gate often, um, you know, buy an American flag boogie board. Or Rebel Flag Boogie Board, whatever your taste is. Tune into Channel 33. Right. I, I, we are getting that endorsement, and you're going to split it with me. Because you, as someone who still takes an annual trip to Myrtle Beach, you have to be a part of this. Well, not exactly, but we're 40 minutes north. Whatever. Yeah. But but live from Myrtle Beach needs to be a thing. It has to be a thing. All right, got to catch you up on what you've missed. It's time for the Rewind. I don't understand the Myrtle Beach hate. Somebody said, oh, I know what that means. You became a man in Myrtle Beach. Well, I wasn't trying to hide it. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be tricky. Uh, you know, just wasn't trying to be too in your face about it. That's all. Uh, earlier in the show, hour number one, Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte Sports Director, Sports Anchor, on how the Hornets' potential improvements after the trade deadline could help them next year more than right now. Shifted. Uh, obviously, it's still all about next year and not – what they're going to be able to accomplish this year. I think best case scenario this year is, you know, they, they build some winning habits within some of the young core and they've got some veteran guys that can do that now. So I think when you talk about the Hornets and the Panthers, the last couple of weeks, there's been this kind of infusion of optimism that hadn't been there for a while for both franchises for very different reasons. But with the Hornets, I mean, they, they brought in an entirely new bench for Steve Clifford to deploy. And I think that's been uh, really fun for him. And I just think that, you know, they, they've got the uh, good amount of pieces in place to make make something happen for the next couple of years uh, that they didn't have dating back to last Thursday afternoon. Later in the show, Eric Spanberg, Charlotte Business Journal, on why the ACC decided to bring back the ACC tournament to North Carolina through 2029. They have come to recognize that this event still feels special when it's in North Carolina, and it feels different when it's here compared to anywhere else. And I know people are going to say, well, yeah, but it used to be they rolled in the TV when you're like, I get it. You know, times have changed, but it is still an event in, in North Carolina, unlike the way it is viewed anywhere else. Later in the show, 
an impromptu visit from Winthrop University Eagles cornhole head coach, Dusty Thompson, on starting a cornhole program at Winthrop. Nobody's put a team together where now they are trying to build a future for high school and college kids to give the kids an extra way to, you know, get to school. There's going to be some kids that can't get to school. So people are going to think, some people are going to think this is funny. You know, this is crazy. What's what's next? Beer pong. But this is just an extra way for kids to be able to get to go to college. Yeah. And I couldn't think of a better opportunity to to lead a uh, something brand new for the uh, future. I mean, we made history. I flew out to Colorado for this. That's the rewind to look back into the show each and every day as we wrap things up. As a reminder, to get us wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, we'd appreciate a download and a subscribe. Smoke, let's get out of here. Let's tip our caps. What you got? Tip my cap to the Charlotte Hornets. Way to be fun. I know this isn't going to be wins all the rest of the way, but still seeing them be fun and actually look like a team has definitely been a lot more enjoyable than the last four months. Okay. I like that. I'll tip my cap to Winthrop Cornhole. Here's to a bright future ahead for all of us in the Winthrop Eagle Cornhole family. Maybe we broadcast it live on a stream on WFNZ. Maybe we call it WFNZ The Ocho. I don't know. We'll figure. We'll, we'll workshop some names. But tip of the cap to uh, Winthrop Cornhole. We're back tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Until then, for Smoke Ludwig, I'm Kyle Bailey. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You're going to be dead in 100 years anyway. Live dangerously.